I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Toast me familia. It is the gentlemen overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. And uh, maybe a little a little teaser for something that I watched in the movies we watched segment that I love to talk about. But uh, I, if you can parse through the clues of what I said earlier, you might might get it. But anyways, let's get right to it and let's start talking about some of these movies we've seen. you forget about me look my way girl something breakfast movies we've seen i love that we bring ben in every time it's a it's a true record scratch i have a real record here and he just pops in with his little interaction what record are you scratching by the way uh like a, a first edition Jimi hendrix or some shit or it's uh <laughs> beck's where it's at i think is the uh <laughs> I have two. I have two turntables and but, a microphone. Yeah, for, yeah. Fortunately, you have an extra one. Yeah. Uh, that 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 comes in handy. I have to rebuy it every time though, because I when I scratch it, it just it gets cut up all the hell. Um, Roberts, what movies have you seen? Movies I've seen. You know what, guys? I rewatched Step Brothers mm. from 2008. Will Ferrell, John C. Uh-oh. Riley. Man children who have um, uh, single parents and you know become brothers via uh, marriage. Mary Steenburgen, always a delight. I there are movies where I feel so bad for a character, and Richard Jenkins as the dad, like I am, to retire to his boat, and (laughs) it's so it's so. I, I, it's a very funny movie, yes. but it's so fucking frustrating for him because God bless her, but Steen Burgeon is enabling them. She's making excuses. She's kind of, you know, she's letting them get away with shit. He is rightfully pissed at the shit they pull off and it sucks. It's, it's annoying, but maybe that's part of me getting old. I'm a, I'm a little softy now. To be fair, to be fair now. He is a big fan of Adam Scott's character and Adam Scott's bad guy, so <laughs> he maybe deserved it a little bit. I, I love speaking of which, I love Adam Scott as the the douchebag brother, mm-hmm. older brother. Catherine Hahn is great. Um just uh it, it it's Oh man. <laughs> it is such a funny movie, but Man, it it oh, we glitching. Uh, you're glitching. Yep. We'll make it happen. <laughs> We're glitching, but you know what? What I gotta say is, Richard Jenkins. I feel for him. I hope he gets his own offshoot movie where it's just him on a beach for ninety minutes. Wow, relaxing without anyone. Hopefully, hopefully with him. Hopefully. Uh, but we we will see. I also rewatched Interstellar fifty five fifty five, which stands for. The story of the secret star system with every S being a five. Um, I just like was listening to some Daft Punk tracks and was like, there are music videos for this. There's actually a whole movie to this album. I'm going to rewatch it. So I put it on and it's great. Love that album Love the collaboration for the anime movie. Um, it's brilliant. 
And it's such a fun, creative way to put out a piece of media across different uh, mediums like that. So I really appreciate it. People should check it out. You can see the whole thing on YouTube. It's really not very long either. Um, and whether you're fully paying attention to the video, it's just like a great audio experience as well. So hmm, maybe I'm getting a little <laughs> out of movies we've seen. What does that have to do with Matthew McConaughey? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Uh, because it's all right, all right, all right. And more <laughs> so. Uh, I also rewatched The Game, the David Fincher film. Michael Douglas? David, uh, he didn't direct it, no. It is a David Fincher film. But uh, Michael Douglas is in it. Uh, yeah. Wow, yeah, you're right, Robert. You got him. <laughs> I can't believe you fell Damn. right into that trap, Max. I can't believe I thought he directed. I can't believe it. you would say the name of an actor in lead instead of the director. You look like a fool, and I'm probably not glitching. Um, I I love it. I think it's great. I think some people nitpick it too much for being like, "How could they have planned this and X and Y and Z?" And it's like, just just go with it. It's a fun idea of. It's a it's a really have you guys you guys have all seen it right. Yeah, it's been a while, nope. but I have seen it. Nope, nope, nope. Andrew, you should check it out. I won't say too much, but it's just a... It's something where you're like, how can how can all this stuff be orchestrated? And you just kind of let yourself go and say, well, you know what? There's like a crazy thing going on that could be orchestrated this way. I, I hope I'm not being too spoilery, but I, it's, I'm trying to be general. But it's a very good film. Look, and, the, uh, the way you're describing it, I don't know if you're talking about the game or Mr. Holland's opus. So much orchestrating. I mean, it could be tar too. Who knows? Could be tar. Um, I think it's worth the watch. It's it's appropriately dark. Uh, it's got some great performance performances. It's um and blank check is is covering David Fincher right now, so it was a good excuse to rewatch it, and uh, I really enjoyed it. So yeah, and plus. Um, Andrew, I mean, like as a Triple H fan, I think that you're kind of uh, required oh, to watch. I was gonna game. go. I was gonna go. Tony Yayo, Young Buck, oh. <laughs> Lloyd Banks, <laughs> Fifty Cent, the game, but that's <laughs> not a bad direction. Yeah. Wow. Can't believe you went wrestling and I went the other way. That's not like us at all. The other way. <laughs> the other way. I also watched new movie. First time watching this movie. No one will save you. This yeah. is a 2023 film. Just came out on Hulu. Watched it the day of release. I liked it. <laughs> Good. Okay. I didn't love it. I think that the first two thirds are pretty dang good. And I think for me, falls apart in the last bit. Kind of gets a little too heady. Kind of trying to just, just kind of pull some strings that I wasn't really vibing with on the for the first part of the movie, but I do think it's good. I think it's worth checking out. Um, the main actor, Caitlin Dever is very good. She was in apparently the movie adaptation of dear Evan Hansen. Um, I believe she was also one of the leads in book smart. Okay. I believe it. I'm just going to keep vamping yeah, while, he's, uh, Robert yeah, while Robert's stunned silence of uh, <laughs> revealing it to himself that she was if, smart. And I hope she's he very, chips in really quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's going to catch up. Good. With, and, uh, the only she way, had, 
Oh boy. I'm seeing windows lighting up. I'm seeing my connection is unstable. Yeah. Good shit. Yeah. Uh, whatever Good whatever shit. you said about no one will save you uh, after you said that the main actress was in Booksmart is gone to the ether, my friend. Oh I, my I God. think I think the director is somehow in charge of your think, internet. Yeah, and... Michael Douglas is getting revenge on you for uh, shut saying, it down. Shut yeah. it down. He liked it, but he didn't love it. Shut it down. A mid oh. mid review of something. <laughs> Robert, it seems I like can't. none of you. It seems like you cannot hear me. I can't. We cannot. This is yeah. This is a rare oh. moment where we can hear you. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is. This is not going well for us to hear you at all. Um. Well, shit. Um, go, reset, go reset your router. Uh, well, you know, why don't we pivot to Max what you've seen, and I'll reset my router and see if I can get back in on this call. Okay, sounds perfect, good. Perfect, perfect. I'll have to catch up with you later to tell you what I've seen. Yeah. Um, you have to listen to the episode. <laughs> poor guy. Uh, <laughs> poor son of a bitch. Wouldn't wish that on my <laughs> worst enemy. I uh I watched Amsterdam. Have you heard of this movie? This is the this is one of those like everybody on earth is in the movie like kind of like super cast, in, right? Including T Swift. Taylor Swift yeah, is in it. Yeah, that's right. And uh yeah, it it's crazy cuz like there's three big stars who have each uh been the the highlight of their own movie you got mm. christian bale margot robbie david uh john david washington as the three main stars and then you keep seeing people uh who like it seems like has have no right to be in there robert de niro's in there mm-hmm. mike myers michael shannon chris rock uh anya taylor joy i'm looking at this there are was, so many people ed bagley jr was Ro- everyone just margot- was Margot Robbie also in Babylon, which was also like another one of those like? Yes, she was. Cast? I'm back. Oh no! Oh, no. Welcome back. <laughs> was she really? I guess that was. She was. I haven't watched the whole. Th- I started it and didn't finish it. I like started it, but like stopped it after like fifteen or twenty minutes because I need her, to like commit. You saw her name in the credits, and you're like, "Oh, not again." I said, "Harley Quinn? Nope, not happening." Tim, you. You got Timothy Oliphant, you got Zoe Saldana, you got Rami Malek. Everyone, I'm telling you, everyone's in this movie. Mr. Robot himself. Mr. Robot. Um, it's kind of interesting, and it's like loosely based on a true story. Um, about like, so there was a, um, I guess I don't want to give away. Well, it's history, right? Can you give away a movie that's based on history? Yeah, but if people aren't familiar with the historical facts i guess that's true i'm familiar with every one so you can it won't be a spoiler for me but it's it's kind of a um uh a secret thing that happened where there's like oh um, dude (laughs) (laughs) hey there's a there's a group that uh orchestrates a a killing again another group that orchestrates something what do these movies have in common it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Uh, I, it's crazy seeing how many people are in it. Mm-hmm. I think it's directed pretty well. I think the the actors do a good job. It's a little bit weird, but um, in a good way, I would say. And it's based on the story of an interesting per- person, Smedley Butler, who uh, I want to read more of his stuff. But he wrote a, a book called War Is Racket, and I feel like um, Butley Smelder. <laughs> 
All right, Robert. Can you guys hear me? Can you hear me? Okay? Your internet's not going. Yeah, you keep cutting out. <laughs> Wait, yeah. hold on. I think I'm cutting out. You guys aren't laughing. You are. You are buffering still, but it's not. God yeah. damn it! It's nothing to do with your. Um, it has to do with the joke that you just told. <laughs> that's a. It's a David O. Russell movie, right? Amsterdam. It is a David O. Russell that's movie, right. and I I watched another David O. Russell movie uh, in the list, but it's uh, quite quite a different movie. Uh, but yeah, this one is interesting. Smedley Butler. Want to hear more about him? But the movie itself is kind of a interesting, like uh, mystery ish. Um, but it's kind of weird because there are people who, you know, they're trying to go to find the source of the the mystery, and they don't know who they can trust. Mm-hmm. But they absolutely go to everybody with all the information they have and give it to them right off the bat. When you're like, would you like if you were in that position? Would you really trust? that person or this other person mm-hmm. like why are you dishing it out uh but other than that it's it's a fun movie uh and the rest of the movies that i've watched are all rom-coms i guess it's the uh the tis the season i suppose yeah 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 i think I, yeah like end of september early october is like rom-coms like, <laughs> everyone knows it speaking of taylor swift it's the damn season for rom-coms I'm Taylor guessing blood red uh, versions. Uh, Anyways, let's get, let's get rolling on these. Uh, rom-coms. Yeah, hey, wait, can I wait? Or... Wait, is my connection still? <laughs> uh, Twenty Seven Dresses is the first movie that I watched. Uh, it's got Catherine Heigl and James Marsden, also Malin Ackerman, uh, as as Catherine Heigl's sister. And uh, Catherine Heigl is going to a bunch of different weddings as the bridesmaid. Um, trying to uh, find the man of her dreams, I guess, because she like really enjoyed the feeling that she had at her parents' wedding. And she's kind of trying to recreate that. And she runs into James Marston's character who um, writes for a column that everybody is into about people who are getting married on, on whatever day, Mm -hmm. but he's a a cynic and she doesn't know he writes that column, but she really likes the column. Anyways, yada, yada, yada. They fall in love. James Marston is like a total prick to her the whole time. And then it turns out that's exactly what she needed. Uh, (laughs) This is kind of a theme in a lot of the, the uh, rom-coms of the time, which is like too recent. You know, you'd think, okay, maybe 90s. This isn't 90s. Mm-hmm. This is like... But this is like 2010 uh, or something. 2011, maybe, I yeah. think. Uh, maybe it's 2010. I don't know. I, I'm getting a, a couple of... It was a different times, time. but A different time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, it was not great, but it's also, you know, not not the worst of the, the ones that we watched. Um, I also watched about a half of Miss Congeniality. I had some other stuff to do, so I wasn't able to see all of it. I actually enjoyed this one when I watched it the first time and enjoyed most of what I was watching this time around. I've watched it within like the last five years. I still like it. I think it's pretty funny. Kind of fun, right? Yeah. 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 This was one like I didn't only watch part of it because I didn't want to watch it just because there was other stuff going Mm -hmm. on. (laughs) And so, so I missed the rest of it, but I would have watched the rest of it. And maybe sometime I'll get back to it. Maybe I'll watch the sequel. Have you watched the sequel anytime? Oh, you mean armed and fabulous. I have not watched it recently, but I, I, I do. I mean, I do really like the first one a lot. Yeah. I thought it was cool. Um, yeah. For, for those who don't know, where the fuck have you been? But this is, Sandra Bullock and she's uh 
described as a frumpy FBI agent uh, and has to. Oh, did you have like glasses on? She has glasses on and. Oh, my. Can you believe it? Uh, God gave her bad eyes. What a loser. (laughs) And then uh, so she's working with Benjamin Bratt. They're like she kind of messes up her first FBI or the an FBI thing uh, raid. (laughs) What's it called? A raid um, at the beginning of the movie. So she's in timeout. But then they have to use her because she's the only attractive woman who can infiltrate this. uh, she's also like one of two women in the entire office, right? Like, yeah, I was gonna of, say one of like two attractive women. Like, no, I'm like, they they have a scene and conventionally yeah. attractive, but yeah. oh, the, the, no. the computer scene <laughs> where they're like paper dolls. There's a bunch like, of she's all at women doing computers or something. Robert, Rub-a-dub-dub, that's whatever, correct. yeah, whatever you said was also <laughs> lost to the internet again. I think hey, need to... hey, maybe for the best. Yeah, <laughs> maybe for the best. It is so interesting how they do there. So they're they have this comparison of all the women in their office in swimsuits. And the way they're able to do this is on one monitor, they have a dress up doll game Mm -hmm. that one of the FBI agents kids like to likes to play. So it's like a paper doll thingamajig dress up character. And then they have the FBI roster on the other page and they're able to press a button and instantly put the people from the FBI in a swimsuit. And that's how they decide when they're going through after they've exhausted all other possibilities, they've got the popcorn out. They bring mm-hmm. everyone from the office in, start making fun of uh, everyone in there. Uh, even, even go with the hilarious things of putting uh, Benjamin Bratt and uh, who's the ghostbuster that's in there. Who's the ghostbuster that's in there. A- Ackroyd. It's Ernie not Hudson? Ackroyd. Ernie Hudson. Putting oh. Ernie Hudson in, in swimsuits. Um, but then, then they get around to, uh, to, finding out that uh, Sandra Bullock might work for that. So she joins the pageant and uh, the rest is history. (laughs) 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 With uh, a rich history. In fact, I think that's what they're putting in uh, the school books nowadays. That's right. It's got William Shatner. It's got Murphy Brown. It's uh, William Shatner. I wonder if that's going to tie into anything today. Candace Bergen (laughs) is very funny in it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So maybe I'll go back and watch the rest of that. That was fun. The other movie or one of the other movies I saw, What's Your Number? Which has a surprising number. Number? Have you seen it? Yes, I have. It's got a surprising number of MCU crossovers. So it's like starring uh, Anna Faris and Chris uh, Evans Evans as the main couple people. This is another one where the guy treats her like shit for the whole movie and then she realizes that's exactly what she needed and what she loves. Fuck yeah. But uh, she's going back through she so she doesn't want to have she read some article saying that um that women who have been with more than 20 guys uh like never find the their true love and happiness in marriage and so she's like at that number she can have no more dates and she now has to go back through her uh her history of 19 guys to mm-hmm. find out or like I guess it's 20 at that point, maybe, or maybe it's 19. I don't know, whatever she's trying. Oh, she doesn't want the 21st. That's right. So she's got 20. She has to go through the history and find which guy she's already dated who might have improved in some way that, uh, she can be into them like where they are now in life. Mm -hmm. And Hmm. yeah. So like included in her past dates that she has to go back 
and figure out. Let me look at this. Chris Pratt. We got uh, Martin Freeman. And we got Anthony Mackie. Uh, art imitating life in that instance with uh, Pratt. <laughs> woo woo. Did Uh-oh. they get together? I didn't I didn't realize that. I don't keep up with uh, celebrities and who they date. They were married and, and had kids, Pratt and Anna Ferris. That makes I think I ha- I did know that maybe yeah. at one point. Uh Yeah, it's it's a it's a movie that a movie. Uh, I I wouldn't necessarily recommend <laughs> to it, it, to watch, but it is interesting seeing some of the people that pop up in it and yeah. what what life was like back in 2011, the <laughs> year that Chris Evans also became Captain America. It's And it's weird how many people from the MCU are in that movie. Yeah. Uh, so I watched about two-thirds of that. I also didn't see that whole movie. I missed the oh, beginning part of that. I didn't walk ending, out of it. The ending pops walked, it off, bro. You walked in. Gotta wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also watched Accidental Love. This one is a weird and interesting story because it's the other David O. Russell movie, but uh, he took his name off of it. Um, yeah. It, okay. So it, in Wikipedia, it's listed as David O. Russell, but I forget the name. Some Stephen Green or something like that is who it's credited to. In Rabid Old Dussel. <laughs> but this movie was made for twenty six million, and it made back a hundred thousand or something. So like, didn't didn't make a single million back. Um, uh oh. During it, the so was it that he is this like a what is um God what is fucking Stephen King's gnome de plume? Uh, Richard Bachman. Richard Bachman is it like? Is but I think you're a, thinking of like uh, Alan Smithy is like Smithy, the yeah. de facto director, not actually having their name on it. Right, thing. but like, is is that is Stephen Green David O. Russell's yes. pseudonym, or is it like a totally different guy? No, no, it is his. He, oh, okay. he was distancing himself from this. So the movie. Uh, shut down production several times because they didn't or they they couldn't prove or they didn't have the money to pay their actors and so like they they had to the actors shut it down on their side and said you know we're not we're not coming back until you can prove that you can pay us and uh then it like started back up a few times and eventually stopped its production in 2008 and then the movie didn't come out, I think, until 2015 when, like, somebody said, hey, you know, we've got all this. It's basically sitting in the back lot. We've got all this stuff. Let's have somebody edit it together into a movie. And uh, when they went back to David O. Russell, he's like, no, like, I don't want my name on this. This is not good. This is not what I would want to put out. Um, yeah, it's a it's a weird one, too. It's Jessica Beale in, like, kind of a love triangle with James Marston again and uh jake gyllenhaal and so james marston is her like her first love she's planning on getting married to him and then she gets a nail in her head when he's proposing uh like there's a, like a person happy, there like a happy gilmore nail in the head and i'll yes. see you in the parking lot <laughs> <laughs> exactly it doesn't so it doesn't it's not sticking out of her head for the rest of the movie no, that's, but, a mis- that's a mistake but it's it's in the it's embedded in there and it like causes her to have some uh like mood shifts where she's either like really angry or she's like feeling uh nerve not nervous what is it like par- paranoid that things are going on or she's speaking portuguese um and what <laughs> 
it's it's a, such a weird movie, right? So then James Marston, because she's so um, like unpredictable now, calls off the marriage, and so she's trying to fix herself in order to get him back. Uh, and she sees Jake Gyllenhaal's character, um, who is a like fledgling uh, or a freshman senator who's trying to like make a difference in the world. And he has a, a ad on TV and she's like, oh, he can fix me. I'm going to Washington, D.C. And she takes a trip trip along with um, a, a preacher played by Kurt Fuller who is afflicted with a giant penis and his friend Keyshawn played by Tracy Morgan, who has a prolapsed anus. And this sounds uh, like, this sounds like a, uh, like an, a, a forgotten bit from movie 43. Like that, that this was not good enough for movie 43. <laughs> it's, it's imagine being afflicted with a too big of a penis. God, poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Got to Got to stretch the uh, imagination to figure that one out hey and something else wah, wah, wah. um it's ridiculous it's kind of funny sometimes and it's way over the top other times bill Hader's also in it katherine keener's in it they do a good job everyone seems like they're having a bit of fun despite the fact that they may not have been been paid uh but it's a weird movie where where she goes and tries to get healthcare in the United States and is shot down at every step of the way. And everyone just wants to use her to get elected and then not do anything that uh, will actually help benefit her or her friends. Uh, So it's, it's kind of weirdly like, Hey, this movie is halfway on point and the other half is about a nail in the head and a giant dick and a prolapsed anus. So like, what, (laughs) what are you doing here? But, uh, worth a curiosity watch if it if it sounds like it's kind of unbelievable that the movie exists it, it is it's like a it's very weird tone mm-hmm. but but not the worst movie on that list <laughs> of movies that i watched mm-hmm. and that's it andrew what have what have you seen uh i got around to watching happy death day to you and mm. i enjoyed it a lot i yeah it's great i from what I understand, there is a third one that will be coming out eventually. Oh. Like, there's a script that's being worked on right now. Wow. Um, uh, maybe not right now, but possibly soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah possibly uh, in the next few days. in the next couple of days, yeah. Um, I liked it a lot, and I will. I thoroughly enjoyed the first one, too. This one is much more comedy than it is it, slasher. It's more comedy, and it's more sci-fi than horror, in yes, my opinion. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they really like. There's a knife shows up maybe like three times in the movie. Like it's it, they have like, and almost, most of it is like buttering something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have like jettisoned the like slasher aspect of this. I don't mind movie, that. Which, I, I think either. that's like a fun pivot because of the because of the theming. Yeah, I think that's a good way to go. Yeah, and she's a delight. She's so fun in these. Uh, Jessica Roth is that her? How you pronounce her last name? I think name? so, but you know who I also like is the uh the the bitchy friend yeah. who pretends to be like the blind French oh, girl that or whatever. Scene was so funny. Like it's it's really <laughs> it's really slapsticky. Like she's just like Whoa. she's not a great she's not a good person, but she's very funny in the movie. <laughs> it was also like I like that she wanted to help them out. Like I thought that was a, a fun sure. turn for her. 
Um, yeah, I like that a lot. I also watched Elemental, the new Pixar movie. Uh, I still haven't caught it. Uh, I did. I did not like it. I <laughs> was very, 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 very lukewarm on that movie, and we can talk about it more when. That's the mixture it, of fire and water. Yes, being lukewarm. That was a. <clears throat> and then uh, last night, my wife and I watched Air, the uh, Michael Jordan shoe movie. Hold on, when uh, when Skywalker was in a tauntaun, I think he was lukewarm. Robert, I think your internet's cutting <laughs> out again. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, we heard it. We heard, no! we heard, we heard it. Unfortunately, Robert, we heard it. We heard it. Um, <laughs> it was a little bit late. I don't know if that was on purpose yeah. or not. Oh, perfect um, timing as usual, Robert. Yeah, we we watched Air last night with uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Viola Davis. I fucking loved that movie. I thought it was so... I heard people like it. It's good. It's good. Matt Damon's really good in it. Viola Davis fucking rules. She's so good in it. You know, it's... I heard is better in the in the corporate uh, story movies, Blackberry. I I have heard good things about Blackberry, too, but I... I think you should check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really good. I, I fucking... I love Ben Affleck as a director. I think he's he's got a, a talent and an eye for directing. Um. Yeah, I think I, he's I think bad at fighting Superman. That all. That I think you. he's a good director. I'll give you that. Um. Yeah, I love how earnest it is. Like, it's not. There's no like winking at the camera. You know, there's a little bit of like. You were scared, stupid. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I did go to camp also while I was watching it. Um. I think there's a little bit of like. Um, like they can't help it, but have a little bit of like, can you like, there's lines that kind of allude to how successful Nike's going to be from this deal. And so like, there's a few lines where like, um, Ben Affleck is playing Phil Knight, who is the CEO of Nike and Matt Damon's pitching to him what they want to call the shoe, which is the air Jordan. And he pitches it to him and, and he goes, uh, I don't know. And then Matt Damon's character goes seriously. And it's like it, that, moment kind of felt like do you know we're gonna make like billions of dollars off this shoe phil come on so like there's a little bit of that every once in a while but overall like it's a really earnest movie and everybody's really like they they all have like getting this deal is like the biggest deal to all these characters and when they spoiler alert get it everybody in the office just like jumps up and like they're so happy and like it just it's it's totally void of any sarcasm or like cynicism. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And then, Oh, sorry. Who who plays Michael Jordan? You don't know because the guy it's, it's like Wilson in home improvement. You never see his face. I was going to say, it's like the back of the head and a lot of the back of the head. It's, Uh, I I was hoping, I was hoping he was just too tall standing next to all like normal sized people that his head was just off the screen. I mean, they do kind of do that a little bit, but like even when he's sitting, you just see the back of his head. He, has, he does he does the iconic dunk with the tongue out and they're like it's like out of focus or yeah. like huh? <laughs> um they have like I think he has like three speaking lines in the entire movie. It's really it's quite He says, "What's going on here, guys?" <laughs> <laughs> the Looney Tunes again. Um it's it's a little weird and maybe even off-putting how much he's not a factor in the movie but i don't know like i still liked it regardless um there was a really funny letterboxed review that was like now is this michael jordan in the room with us now so i thought that was a 
funny thing. Um, the last movie I'll mention, and I would love to get into it more if you guys will see it, but I saw Fast X, and I I don't want to say that I'm off the franchise because I will watch the I will watch every movie <laughs> until they're done, and there are parts of the movie that I really like. But this Do you think was they'll be done. What's Do you think that? They'll be done. Well, isn't this supposedly the the two-part ending? It's the three-part ending. This is the part one of three for the finale. They At first, it was going to be one final movie. Then it was going to be a two-part movie because they couldn't fit it all into one movie. And then apparently, according to Vin Diesel, Universal begged, begged for a 12th one. So part one of three for the finale. And <clears throat> I'm just... there was There's so many things about this movie that do bother me and like you know i i know what people think about these movies and i think people generally think that they're dumb and i don't think that these movies are dumb i think griffin newman says it best they're not dumb they are silly but there's like an there is a a central like core to these movies that they take very good care of that i don't think that they've they they sort of betrayed it, I think, in the eighth movie. I think like Fast uh, Fate of the Furious was the first time where I was like, maybe they've kind of lost the magic. And then Hobbs and Shaw, I think, was like furthering that. And then like as, spinoff, so forgettable. Yeah, as, but, yeah. as weird as it is, I because in nine they go to space. I thought they kind of got it back a little bit in nine. And then this one is, I I just don't know what happened, and I'd love to know what it was because it just feels like these mis- these are mistakes and the mistakes that happen in this movie don't feel like the kind of things that Vin Diesel who's been at the helm of these movies, you know, shadow helming these movies since 5 would do because he hasn't done them yet, but maybe he's had somebody to rein him in and this is just full unfiltered diesel and it's bad for these movies like I would, I'll just say, like, the casting in this movie is, like, I think the most, like, it's the, it's the most, like, one-to-one allegory of why I don't like the movie, which is, like, they, they cast obvious people for the roles that I feel like in previous movies it would go to, like, somebody who'd be like, that's a great fit, and it's not the first person I would have thought of. You know, like, in Five, yes, they cast The Rock, but they also cast Elsa Pataki, who's, like at that point was not a big named actress and she was fucking great in it. And like same with six where it's like, you've got fucking Gina Carano and Tony jaw and all these people who like Tony jaw was, had just done like the raid movies, but like Gina Carano was like kind of an up and coming, you know, now we all know her for a different reason, but like at the time you're like, she fits in. I wouldn't have thought about her immediately, but she fits in. And then like, with nine, you know, John Cena is a huge actor, but like he wasn't, he, you wouldn't think like, who's going to play Toretto's brother, John Cena. And I thought he did a pretty good job. And in this movie, having Brie Larson play a character, I, I think was a little too much of a, like, she's a famous person. Let's get her. And then they, they cast like a comic relief character. Who's only in it for like five minutes. But, like, instead of getting a comedian, and we all, I mean, like, I think you and I, Robert, are especially familiar with the slew of comedians who would do anything to be in a Fast and Furious movie. And they cast Pete Davidson, 
for the role. And I was just like, this is, this is like somebody who doesn't know comedians casting a comedian. Who's a funny guy. What about Pete Davidson? And it's just like, it's, it just, it, I don't know why it bothered me so much, but it just like, it just was indicative of what doesn't work about the movie to me. Hmm. So hmm. I'm interested to hear what y'all have to say about it whenever you get around to watching it. It's on Peacock now. Sure. So well, um, you've certainly convinced um, me that I have to watch it. It's I mean, if I have any. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, I think there are parts of the movie that fucking rip. I think it like is it's Fast and the Furious in certain parts and it is really good in certain parts. But overall, I just think like there are major problems with it that really make me think like. I hope, because I think the guiding light of these movies has been Justin Lin. <laughs> you know, like he wasn't, he didn't direct seven, but you know he did four, he did five, four, five, six, and then nine. And I think like for sure, for me, five, seven, and nine are like the best ones. Six was pretty good, but like eight, I didn't like that much. And then ten, I think was a kind of a yeah. It it peaked for me at five. Yeah, five's the best one. It's it fucking rules so much. I'm like, re- before we got on the call, I was in the middle of rewatching it because I was just like, I do still like these, right? Like, it's not that I've just like outgrown <laughs> yeah. these. And I was like, so I was like watching five, like, no, this still fucking rules. This is great. It's so good. Yeah, so good. Yeah. I will say Tony Ja was not in the raid movies. What was he? He's Ong Bak in the Protector. Ong Bak. Ong Bak is what I was thinking yeah. of. I'm sorry. Um, and uh, um, Monster Hunter. Oh, I didn't know he was in that. Um, and, uh, if triple, there is triple any... X, the return of Xander Cage. He actually, I, re- I do remember that actually. He did a, a great character in that one. Yeah. If I have a modicum of connection, can I finish up my movies we've seen? Oh boy. I suppose this might be. Um, I might be cursing it by even saying so. So I said, no one will save you. It's on Hulu. It stars Caitlin Dever, who is in. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen and Booksmart. I thought it was good in the first two thirds and fell apart for me. It's like an alien invasion sort of home invasion sort of movie. And I thought all that stuff in the beginning really kicked ass and I liked it. She doesn't have almost any lines of dialogue. Spoiler alert. But she's on her own for the basically the whole time. So they get away with it. Is she? Or is she? Uh, at least with human characters alongside her. Um, but I, I do think it's worth checking out a little bit. I think there's some fun stuff going on there. Not perfect, but uh, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then real quick, before I disappear into the <laughs> internet, <laughs> did I just do it? Yeah. yeah. Kind of. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, even perfect. Uh, Carpet Cowboys. Did that come through? Yes. Carpet Cowboys. Carpet Cowboys 2023. This is a a documentary about... I don't even have actor credits because they're real dudes. And I think it's such a new movie that just no one has filled in the IMDb, but it is about a small town in America in which most of the carpet that is in casinos and hotels and all sorts of places across the globe, including a lot of places in Asia comes from, uh, it's just an industry that sprung up and they've produced a lot of factories there. And it's just what you do when you work there, when you live there. Uh, um, I am probably glitching, so I'm gonna do my best, but it's, uh, it's very enlightening. There's some very, uh, 
strange real world characters. I'm sure I'm glitching. You're doing that right. are that are you know sad you want you you sort of hope that they can succeed but they're also probably kind of well off but also mismanaging their money and it's just a weird vibe but it is uh executive produced by john wilson uh who has the very good hbo show that i love so that okay. was sort of my that was one of the main reasons i wanted to see it because I, I thought you had mentioned something about yeah. this previously yes. in relation to him okay um, and it's very good. And I think that there is that level of, there's a bit of cringe involved if you can handle that, but I think it's worth checking out. And it's something that I just, that we have all experienced, whether we thought about it or not, when you walk through a hotel or a, or, a, you know, an airport or a, you know, just a big skyscraper or something, you're walking on all that product comes from somewhere. And it turns out it's closer than you think. And, um, associated with folks you never would think are benefiting from this um this industry in such a, a crazy way um highly recommend i can't imagine you'll catch it in theaters but uh when it's out on rental uh good for a uh, good for a weird a weird watch some night um and then i'll let you go to tv we've seen let's talk about some tv shows we see tv shows we've seen We've seen Robert. Why you can't? I I will make it easy on you guys, and I think even better since my connection has been so futzy. I don't think I've I've really watched much TV shows we've seen outside of um, stuff that we've I've alluded to in past episodes. You know, Ahsoka and mm -hmm. and whatnot. I loved the last episode of Ahsoka. Uh, mm -hmm. As far as this record, mm -hmm. my favorite episode. I it got weird. I haven't seen it. Got weird yet, but. It's it's good. It got really weird. Um, even as someone who's not up to date on all the rebels and Clone Wars stuff, I thought it was uh, really poignant. Um, it was. Hmm, I don't. I'm gonna hold off on saying some stuff, sure. but they literally and figuratively go places I didn't think they would, and I thought that was exciting as a Star Wars fan. And um, some cool aesthetic choices mm -hmm. and. Um, it sucks that it's kind of it sucks that it's over in two episodes because I feel like it kind of got its footing for me in the last episode, few episodes, like five and six. Um, I really enjoyed as opposed to, it, it just took a little bit to get going for me personally. Mm -hmm. I agree. So I, I like where it's going and I'm I'm sad that it's over, but it sounds like Filoni is also maybe due for a Star Wars film that might continue this. Someone told me recently, if you've made a deal to make a Star Wars movie under Disney, you have a 12.5% chance of that movie actually becoming real. <laughs> That's that because of what has been announced versus what has been canceled. That is the stat right now. So uh, tread lightly, uh, gird yourself. If you are pitching yourself to yeah, Disney, Dave, because if you're listening, tread lightly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, it's not likely that Dave Filoni is going to get his Star Wars stuff. out. Dave there. Filoni, I know you're a fan and you're listening. So I'm just saying, Pump the brakes a little bit. Ahsoka's good, but uh, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, But that's oh. what I've seen. Uh, I'm going to double check my connection real quick. Okay. While you guys do move, or a TV we've sure. seen. He just doesn't want to hear anything that I say. Yeah. Hey, bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Max, what have you seen? Uh, I've also seen Ahsoka uh, up to the most recent episode. I I agree with that. It's the best of the series by far. I agree I with say. that. I like, I, what's weird is like, We've all complained about, 
like the Mandalorian season three felt like we were all kind of left in the lurch in terms of like having to do a bunch of like homework on Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is Ahsoka somehow is a series that is almost like a direct sequel to Clone Wars and Rebels. Oh, two things I have never seen. And I feel more caught up by the character work that they do in Ahsoka than I do in like the third season of The Mandalorian by yeah. far. Mm-hmm. I don't feel lost in Ahsoka at all. And I don't know how they've done that, but I'm I'm pretty impressed. So you watched this the the most recent episode? I haven't watched the one that came out like today. Okay, yeah. I th- I mean, I think it came out in the last 10 minutes, so right. I wouldn't expect it <laughs> yeah, to yeah, have yeah. seen it already. But uh yeah, so yeah, this last one is really good. Mm-hmm. I love the dog character Mm -hmm. and uh like it's one thing i i think the episode was a little gray i gray brown like kind of flat tone sure not enough um contrast but it still looked cool i thought they had like in like cool characters Mm -hmm. um and a cool thing i did notice that it's kind of weird it doesn't follow ahsoka as closely as it's following she's in this episode for like two minutes and this is kind of the trend of the past three seasons, yeah. right? That the the interesting episode is the one that like goes off on a jaunt yeah. with the with the different character, right? Like that's <clears throat> Boba Fett was best when it was Mandalorian. Yep. Mandalorian, I think, might have been like you know interesting when Ahsoka comes in, and then Ahsoka is best with Sabine. Uh, this Sabine Wren episode. Yeah. So I wonder if the the next spinoff that they do is just going to be Sabine Wren. Um, but the the dog character that she ha- so she has this wolf dog mm-hmm. alien thing that howler, she rides right? around is that what they called like a howler or something like I that i think so okay but this this dog i think is an example of how cg can be better than practical mm-hmm. N- not better but better for certain things than than practical like everyone says i want practical effects i want practical effects right because bad cg is bad yeah. and i i agree with that but good cg is absolutely fantastic what's it all cg i don't know about 100 i mean i know she had to be sitting on something right well, she it, can't be floating in the th- air this is a compliment i hope is there was times when i thought the howler creature thing was practical like in mm-hmm. close-ups when they're touching it Mm-hmm. And also the hmm, there's like a little there's like creatures they meet later on mm-hmm. that I was like at times these look practical. I think there I think a lot of them were practical. Yeah, but there's times where I was like, oh, that looks CG or the way they move a little bit seems CG. But I was like, I also think this could be like a puppet or something. Yeah, and to me that's a great credit to it. If I can't really tell if if my my brain knowing everything that they can produce can't tell, that's a good sign. Yeah. So I like that about both of those kind of characters. Yeah, yeah. I think they do a good job and they choose when to use because I'm not trying to shit on practical either. I love it too. But like it like bad practical can be as bad as bad CG mm-hmm. and good CG can be as good as good practical. Mm-hmm. So I think like it just depends if you have people who are good at their craft, then they do it well. And I think there was a scene with the dog and Sabine Wren, kind of a faraway shot where they hold on it for a while. She yells at the dog. The dog uh, kind of like simpers away Mm -hmm. into the past, Mm. but still like trying to follow Sabine Wren. That would not have been possible conveying the same emotion that it did 
with the CG character. I don't think yeah. that could have been done with practical. Um, sure. And like, it really mimics kind of like the little guilty dog that's like trying to like, like been scolded by the master, but wants to like, you know, when it's, win the affection back it's it's so cute it's absolutely adorable and i don't think it could have been done with practical which doesn't matter it really doesn't matter but uh just for the whole debate of practical versus cg if you do it well you do it well mm -hmm. it doesn't matter which one's which my my very minor quibble with that is i was like they're doing the get out of here i'm mad at you thing with the creature at that point and I, I like everything after it. I like all the stuff with the camaraderie with it. But for me, I was like, you are being, maybe you're playing hard to get or whatever, but like, you are so stuck out here. You're not going to make it half or a quarter of the distance without this mount. So it's, you know, I was like, stop being petty right now. Like it wants you back. Go back to it. You don't need to scold it so much. Very minor problem with the episode, but I understand where it was going. So have you, it brought, you... it brought her right into a trap. She was pissed. Yeah. Perfect. And she doesn't need that mount. Have, I mean, uh, she's, she's happy with it, but she's a very capable woman. Do either of you watch Spongebob? Not. I've seen I'm it. Not current. I've watched the, it. Like not, 10 it's years not a, ago. not a current episode, but it's an, it's an older episode, but it's the, it's the episode where he has a seahorse. Have you seen that one? I don't know if I've seen that. Um, well, the seahorse, is pretty indifferent to SpongeBob, but SpongeBob loves the seahorse. And like at the end of the episode, Mr. Krabs makes him get rid of the seahorse. And so SpongeBob is trying to do the, well, just get out of here, you know, like thing. No, just go. And the seahorse just leaves. Like, like as soon as he <laughs> does it, like, it's just like, he's turned his back to him. He's like, just get out of here. What's wrong with you? And the, well, that's, I mean, one of my favorite comedies ever, the jerk with Steve Martin. He gets rid of his dog shithead. He's like, come on, get out of here. And the dog does run away. And then he goes, no, wait, let's keep going together. And then <laughs> cut to a shot of him pulling the dog and he's resisting. He's like pulling on the collar. <laughs> he doesn't want to come with them. Um, man, what a fucking great movie. And and another great example of that. Like you underestimated your animal. They don't even want to be with you yeah. now. Like you, <laughs> they would have been better on their own. Anyways, is there yeah. more Ahsoka talk you guys would like to... Oh, I uh, I think I'm done with the. I'm a so good for the next two episodes. <laughs> yeah, I I'm excited to see where it, where it's going. I yeah. hope it keeps up more of this. I I hope this is momentum and it's it, not just like a a episode that yeah, came out of nowhere. Same, it will never. It will inevitably be a cliffhanger for a series or sh movie that is forthcoming. But mm. it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, as long as I pull it I'm, off, I'm glad it's, it's found its footing. For me, it's it's better now. Yeah. Yeah. If if they leave me interested, but if it goes back to just being like, we'll see. I I I'm guessing that I'll probably stay interested in the last couple episodes. But okay, yeah, we'll see. Um, the other things that I've watched were Reservation Dogs season three. Uh, fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, check it out. It's on Hulu. Um, very funny about some um, kids growing up on a reservation, kind of uh, learning how to be um decent people and getting coached a bit by the people around them who are also figuring out how to be good people mm -hmm. and um yeah it's really really funny and also very touching and it it does that interesting thing of like you know making you sob and then crack up while you're crying and like like bounces back and forth 
and doesn't really matter mm-hmm. Wh- whatever it's trying to do it's doing it well um and doesn't have to take a break in between each one to yeah. set up the like mood of the next one it's it's pretty odd like because it'll also do the other way where it's really funny until boom gut punch and then you're you know like feeling awful for it so mm-hmm. like it really knows how to do both of those things really well and the combination of the two is if you can do it well i think it is great it mm-hmm. makes for great great watching um and then i also started season three of miracle workers this one takes place in the wild west uh they're going on the oregon trail and um steve buscemi like they're not their their town their little wagon train is not equipped to make the trip and they need to find somebody who is equipped and they run into or i guess he runs into them uh steve buscemi's character who is a bandit that's being chased um and he basically is on the run from the law and agrees to help them to oregon in order to uh ski daddle and get out of there but it's a pretty funny one uh i'm excited to watch the rest of that cool yeah how about you andrew just Ahsoka was was primarily the TV that I've been watching lately. So let's get into the movie we watched this week from 1999, Galaxy Quest. Never surrender! Galaxy Quest. Starring Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, Sam Rockwell, Tony Shalhoub, the Rain Wilson in a surprise. Rain Justin Wilson. Long, Rain Wilson. Um, yeah, I perfectly cast Justin Long. By the way, he's a he's a great little uh, dweeby nerd in this movie. Um, so, Galaxy Quest from 1999. Would you guys recommend people either lock into Paramount Plus? Or rent the movie, Walk or find, into? or find Walk your into. DVD of Galaxy Quest and watch it. For sure, yeah, I I love this movie. Despite that rat Tim Allen having a lead role, he's great in it. He's great. He is great. Yeah. And you know what? He's playing like a Shatner. He's he's doing a great job mm-hmm. of being like a Shatner, mm-hmm. which is why it's even better. Mm-hmm. I can't fault him. You know what? Anything he's said or done, I fully endorse. He's so good in this movie. <laughs> he um, is the last man standing to me. Yep. Uh, no, it, it's a brilliant movie. I, I really enjoy it. It's, speaking of practical effects, amazing set design costumes. I'm probably glitching. But it doesn't matter because it's good. Yeah. Um, highly recommend. Max, yeah. you said so yourself. Yes. Yeah, I say I say re rewatch it if you've seen it and uh watch it for the first time if you haven't. It's it's a funny one. Um Yeah, and th- an amazing cast that mm. it's it's weird the cast that they put together and like it's such a strange it's strange that it works because it is kind of that dorky comedy mm. uh thing and it's like um it really could be throwaway and in some ways it feels like that like just you know oh they're they're not taking this too seriously but because of that you know it could go either way right but it Mm -hmm. but it's really enjoyable i think uh everyone's the right amount of invested and um really having a good time and the 
yeah, it's it's a good thing. Even though I am curious if they reuse any assets from Fifth Element. It seems like some of the monsters and some of the weapons might like be a carryover from something else, but I don't know. Really? Oh, like the Zord gun versus the 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 kind of uh the the thing that looks like a, a hoagie, right? It looks like a, a subway sandwich. Yeah, the, the big they look like they have the their they have, have their hand inside of a twelve inch sub or whatever. Yeah, and then maybe and, so, but only in the only in like the case the case of it kind of. I feel like it's it looks like it's covered in seaweed and crap. I feel like it's different enough. Yeah, but I guess like it's like I, how I haven't um, gone back and what, watched it or anything, but like kind of I was like. Are these guys? Some of the faces of the aliens also look like some of the other aliens that came in. Really but. interesting. I know that it's like it was like how Firefly, you know, you literally used the Starship Troopers' armor, yeah, and just like repainted it for like the Colonial Army, and it's like this is. I mean, I've seen this in a movie. This straight up is another thing. Um, but you might be right. Maybe they used kind of the basis of that stuff and and retooled it a little bit. I wonder. Drew, if any, what about I you? wonder if anybody's gonna ask me if I recommend the movie. Um, I don't know. Did you recommend it initially? I did recommend it to you too, and you know what? I'll recommend it again to the entire audience. It's yes, it's so delightful and worth watching. Um, just a quick little uh, language bomb that they do use the uh, the R word. That's a slur for people with uh, you know mental whatever like it's it's a it happens when he's in the bathroom at the beginning of the movie when those like two guys walk in like did you see those oh i didn't catch that yeah it's it's really Um, quick i mean also like makes sense for that group of people to be like so disparaging but also like that you don't need to say that yes yes um other than that i think this movie holds up so well um i think you're right like it's everybody's got the right level of like taking it seriously but also kind of having fun i think it i would be hard pressed to say that this is not one this isn't like this isn't my favorite tim allen performance of all time i think he's really good in this and um he's really funny he's dramatic when he needs to be but the other thing is that fucking alan rickman is so good in this movie and he's putting his whole ass into being a like guy who is just so fucking done putting on the makeup saying the catchphrase like just he's so over it but it's like it's all he's got and so he's just like i was a trained actor all these things and i have to like fucking say this stupid line over and over again they even have (laughs) to jump ahead at the end his character comes out and you know kevin mcdonald from kids in the hall is like Hey, we got, you know, you know, Dr. Lattice, he's, he's British folks. <laughs> he's <just> like, <laughs> he is, he is above all this. And he, and I think in, in the beginning, the only thing that gets him back in is like, the show must go on. He's like, damn it, damn you. <laughs> like, like <laughs> you have to appeal to his, uh, love for the, for the, the stage. Yeah. I, I think like they do a really, they do a, such a good job of letting you know how done he is with this catchphrase, you know, like those two fans walk up to him dressed as Dr. Lazarus and they're like by Grabthar's hammer he just like yanks the autograph out of their hands just like signs yeah. it very spitefully and then I, like I guess you could all you could pick that like this is the first time that Tim Allen's character has heard criticism of his character yeah like he's he's got some real blinders on if he I mean I know he's the whole thing is that he needs to come back from being 
the solo captain. I'm the best right. focus of everything. But very funny to be like, in the age of the internet at that point, like, hmm, someone said something bad didn't like me. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I also think like Sam Rockwell is such a funny, um, like red shirt in this movie. Like he's, he's the guy who died in episode 81 is like a hanger on and then like goes on missions and then is immediately afraid that he's the first person who's going to die. Yeah. Great. Such a funny line later where like they're, they're on that planet and they start to see the aliens and then Sir Gordon Weaver screams, we have to go. They're going to kill guy. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good one i also like that uh like tim allen is coming up with a plan for that one and he's like oh isn't that do i recognize this from somewhere oh that's (laughs) episode 81 81." and he's like 81 did you say episode 81 and he's like that's the one right i'm like fine 51 i don't care (laughs) (laughs) yeah this so like that's also the same scene where he's like give me a signal he's like i'll go cuckoo cuckoo and it's like we have communicators like we have (laughs) he still he still does it like when he sees that there's like a thousand of them he's like cuckoo cuckoo jason he also well by the way he also says a thousand and i think when it pulls back at one point when they're taking off it's like "Mm, 50 yeah sure sure not that much i mean if you're just afraid for your life you're gonna over exaggerate you know whatever i'm not i'm not saying he didn't in his panic overestimate but i just did i think it was funny yeah so this is, I mean, for anybody who's unfamiliar, this is a movie that is a, a, ostensibly about a Star Trek show that has been over for a decade, and they go to these conventions, they meet fans, but like this, the the fandom is kind of waning, and they eventually get caught up in a real-life science fiction adventure where this alien race is being eradicated by this bad alien named, is it Saren is the name of the bad yeah, guy? Yeah, Saren. Um, like the gas. Like the gas. And so they are they are asked to help these these aliens defeat Saren. Or at first they're just supposed to negotiate, but then they get caught up and they have to eventually defeat Saren. And of course, the aliens who abducted them don't realize, like they call their television show historical documents. Yes. So they assume that everything they have seen is real, are actual records of their, you know, defeat, you know, military defeats of aliens and diplomatic, you know, wins against other species and stuff. It's, Man. uh, it's, it's great and, stuff. And they've based their entire society. So they're, yeah, their society was on the brink of collapse. And when they saw these old episodes of Star Trek, essentially, yeah. And their entire society on the utopian ideals of star trek and we're able to come up with all of the uh the ships and every all the technology replicated yeah, reverse engineered it yeah i love it because i mean the the conceit of star trek where like humans leave the planet and their sort of uh normal biases behind to try and communicate with other species across the stars is encouraging mm-hmm. and like something that would be awesome if we could do on our own planet let alone galactically right um so it is it's fun to think of a whole society that that based themselves around that i do love when they mention gilligan's island and they go oh those poor people people." (laughs) (laughs) i the scene where they eventually do tell the, the the aliens that it's all fake I mean, it's like, it's done, like, I, again, I, you know, I kind of brought it up with air. This is a movie that is so sincere. Like, it's, it's, it, there's no hint of, like, 
sarcasm in this. Like when he delivers that, like he's telling him, Mathazar, it's all fake. I'm so sorry. Like Tim Allen really delivers that with a lot of like, like he's heartbroken to have to tell him this. <clears throat> and, um, and, they, and they set up ahead of time that they don't really have a good concept of like, they don't have like actors and television right. shows on their planet. And that to them, deceiving people and lying is something that Saren does. Right. When you say something and then do something else, you're bad and you're deceitful. And that's ultimately what they have to be told. I so, would also I, like I, heartbreaking. I did, oh, sorry, Max, go ahead. I did think it's kind of funny because the way that this comes about that he has to tell them about this is that they, sh he, so he comes clean to Saren when Saren's yeah. got the upper hand, he says, I'm not actually a commander. Take a look at this. And they show the old historical documents. And as soon as Saren sees it, he's like, this is schlocky, like uh, old sci-fi. He yeah. knows exactly what it is yeah. being in another alien race, but he's just like, Oh, like our warrior race of people who also who does TV conquer. Yeah, we do. I we mean, do I, we love it. <laughs> but we, I mean, they, their race doesn't have that, but Saren's race at one point might've had television shows. Who sure. knows? <laughs> I also think it was, I, he goes, he starts laughing and he goes, what you've done is far worse than anything I could have done to him. I'm like, man, you wiped out their entire race. Like, I know that you, they lied and like, but, but it's also saying that like everything you base your society on is a lie. Yeah, but he and killed and the lies that you think are bad or what you did. Saren yeah. killed everybody in their race who doesn't exist on that ship. So like, there's well, it, did you at did least you, they didn't go? He's right. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like Saren, my man, and they shake his hand. They're like, it's hey, all over. Yeah, we. You're actually Respect. good guys. Respect. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I just. I love this movie so much. It's. You know, it's like as somebody who loves Star Trek, I think like one, when you open Paramount Plus, there's no reason this movie shouldn't exist in the Star Trek tab. Like it's it is it's it's a loving homage to Star Trek. There's no yeah, it should be like Star Trek adjacent or like Star Trek inspired. Or and something. I, it should I think be a tab. Like, there are there are Star Trek fans. There is like a, a sizable part of the Star Trek fandom who consider this one of the best Star Trek movies. And like it's it doesn't make fun of its source material or like what it's based off of at all. There's no like wink and a nod to like, Oh, but this kind of part of star Trek sucks. It's a loving homage to star Trek. And like, again, as somebody who loves star Trek, I fucking love this movie. I think it like take, it clearly loves what it's coming from. I, I'm curious if, if they did a star Trek movie with, you know, you could set it 10 years, 15 years back if it suited you, whatever your favorite cast was. But if they did a movie like this, where it was the Star Trek actors at a con and dejected and then getting abducted and then having to play the roles of their Star Trek characters IRL, would you like it as much? Or is it good that this is sort of divorced from an official canon and it's sort of sending it up? I, because I just don't feel like it wouldn't work if it was actually... Kirk or or uh, Picard having to be like, oh yeah, that's right. I remember this line, and you have to be here doing this thing. Like, I think it's perfect to do the little spoof of it, but still make it serious the way it is. I do think that this, the genesis of this was, I think it was supposed Star Trek to be Genesis. That. Yeah, it was, was supposed to be Star Trek Genesis. Um, I do think it was supposed to be that, which was like the old oh. Star Trek crew, and then they, I think, enough people either said no or just wasn't a good enough idea. I do think with the original, the TOS cast i don't think it works 
I think if this were a movie that is done with a like with a select from like different series, and I kind of think with Patrick Stewart in the role of of um, Tim Allen, I think Patrick Stewart would pull that off. I think could he could. He, I think he, he has more that? comedy chops than folks. Even. People yeah. know him too well, though. Like, could he be that, that asshole? That I think is the biggest hurdle. You know these people in that role so well mm-hmm. that it would be hard to divorce them as like they're playing the actors playing the role, right? And th- I think this works better as like I, you're being thrown into it, but you understand that you know Alan Rickman is Spock. You understand that this guy is this character adjacent, blah, right? Blah, blah. I do think I think you're absolutely right that I think it this version is the best version of it. And I think like a version where they try to do it with actual Star Trek actors, I think can work, but this does work. And like, I think like trying it with Star Trek actors, I think is would inevitably an inferior version of this. Considering the weird plots that Star Trek episodes have had, I'm kind of shocked. They haven't done a plot line like this. Yeah. On the holodeck. Have you guys seen, uh, the Orville? I've seen a little bit of the Orville. I, I did, I've, heard, I, I've heard stuff about it. I've watched the first season, and I, from what I understand, the second and third seasons are like really good, and the first season is the inferior version. I've only seen the first season. I don't know much about it, but I always like wonder if it's something like Galaxy Quest, or is it completely its own thing? Because <laughs> it kind of seems like a riff on Star Trek. It's its own thing. It it is like it. It's not a spoof of Star Trek. It is uh, Seth MacFarlane wishing he had been in a Star Trek and kind of mm. creating his own Star Trek. It is also a bit of a like loving homage to Star Trek. I think like it's not, you know, it's not making fun of this trope. It's not doing this. Oh, don't we all hate this from this thing? It is like, God, if I could make my own Star Trek, this is what it would be. Mm, okay. And just wondering because I, I, yeah. I had never, never seen it, but just heard of it and it, uh, it seemed like it was another one. I, I thought it was going to be kind of like comedy Star Trek. What if, you know, some other people were playing. Right. It is. Roles. There is a lot of like, you know, incoming hail from uh, Pretoria. Hey, you think that <laughs> you think uh, mashing with a Klingon just bad. Yowza. <laughs> Um, anyways, back to the, back to the movie. Is my internet connecting? I, uh, I, you guys aren't, uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm glitching out again. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a, it's such a fun movie. I like the one thing that they do kind of poke fun out of, but I think is like a thing that it doesn't just exist in Star Trek is like the layout of the ship where like when uh, Sigourney Weaver and Tim Allen are going through the depths of the of the ship and there's like the crunchers <laughs> and she's like, why is this here? It doesn't make any sense. And it's like, because it was in this episode, she's like, it's a bad episode. She truly has a line of like, this is like internet discourse now where she's like, whoever wrote this episode should die. <laughs> yeah. like, that's any episode of any show you don't like now on the internet. You can right. find someone saying that. that this writer so should I thought it was yeah. funny for her as an actor to be like, listen, this just sucks because I have to live it now. Yeah. She's also, she's, she is so funny in this. And like, you know, her role in the show is to repeat what the computer says, you know, like she has, she's the Ohura basically. And it's, she's, she's like relegated to, yeah. And she finds herself doing it in her like role as herself on the ship where she's like, I'm really doing it. I'm talking. I'm Well, isn't it also set up that like the computer doesn't actually respond to anyone else? Yeah. Like, cause I think Tim Allen's like, what's going on with Rillium? And then she's like, computer, does the really 
Spear have a, like a spare? And it's like, we do not have a spare on the ship. And then she has to be like, there's no share, sh- you know, sh- spare available, Captain. It's like, she kind of has to interface with it. It's because they set up the culture that way, only she can sort of get that information. There is a part where he talks to the computer, though, right? Doesn't he like... A little bit, but I, I think it is sort of, the idea is that like, she has to talk to it and then also repeat it. Sure, it's it's Which like, I, I really and love. she like, somebody says like, okay, that's getting a little old. She goes, it's my only job on the ship. Let me have this. I, I also want to say, just sort of pivot a little bit, is this is a great time for CG, where, in my opinion, the CG looks really good on the scenes it's supposed to, and, like, yeah. the ship undocking and scraping against the side. I think the little baby aliens with their blue butts hanging out look really great. The rock alien looks like it's on the environment yeah. chasing Tim Allen. None of it looks super out of place and weird, and I'm just like, man... It feels like when that was in demand and people were paying folks hopefully better then than now, who knows, it just was like coming out so much better because it really holds up. I think it looks really good. I'm sure folks that look a little weird. The the goo coming off of them looks funky because how do that? that, No one's ever seen that. You don't have a a goo cocoon coming off of people, but. It, it it really adds to everything. It really you're looks not great. You're not watching the right movies. Um, also love when the rock monster. Yeah. I also love when the rock monster returns, they warp it into the ship yeah. and it's like crushing through the halls to kill them. Like it looks great. Mm-hmm. And that's like a scary thing. Just rampaging through when it, when it breaks out and all of the, all of Saren's troops fall. I can't tell if it's like happy or not. It's like, Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> I achieved my all the way into space. Like, ah, oh, here I am. Like, <laughs> I I like to the point about like practical versus CGI too. Having all Saren's men like all in practical suits, they look fucking so good. Those Saren's people look so great, and you know what's I think gets lost when you watch it is Saren is just he looks like he does in the beginning. Yeah, he flippantly says all oh, lasers and phasers, blah blah blah. Turns out Saren's ship didn't put up shields quick enough, so they did get battered. Yeah, Saren now has a metal eye patch that goes around his head yeah. and a metal arm and it's an even cooler detail his lip is fucked up his lip is going up yeah. underneath the mask talk about like a good costume that then you have altered slightly and just adds more to his character like his mouth could move like a little more maybe but like wow what great yeah. a, I, like the, the dungeonous crab leg ponytail that's like kind of moves and around the little, like he the has little the, things that come up off his back the when wing, he's like really yeah, the mad wing, i can't tell if it's if it's part of his body or a backpack i don't know what it is but it's like great great design like yeah. so so good looking yeah i love that like when he gets really worked up too you know like that's when they kind of pop up like he just can't help it like, like i well, said find yeah. them i didn't look who voiced Saren. like i didn't look up who played or voiced him i didn't but, look um, up either but i really enjoyed it it's yeah. Bill Hader. It's it's Bill kind of Hader. unrecognized. <laughs> and I really like the the true form of the of the aliens that bring them on board. They're just like weird, goopy piles of tentacles. I think it's and funny squid. because they just have a visual like they they have like both a hologram a, over them, a hologram, and they also have the the audio thing. But at one point, one of the uh, aliens like carries Tony Shalhoub. I think it no, who was it? Mm. The um the the guy who drives the ship. Um, Oh, Tommy. And, yeah. And I'm like, wait, how, how are they carrying him? If it's just, because I think they have like a certain amount of tentacles that are doing things. But I will point out when Tony Shalhoub starts making out with his bow, there's mm-hmm. like extra tentacles, even though she has the hologram on that, that prop on was like, so she doesn't have 
camouflage for her genital tentacles, basically. Yeah. That's what uh, you think they were? Robin Robin Sachs. And that's what we are seeing. Theater. This should be blurred. This should be an R-rated movie. Um, uh, I, I did love that. Also, they're in the middle of like giving oxygen back to the room. So they truly have like a quickie before they get back to that task. Yeah. <laughs> um, Robert S Robin Sachs is who voices and it's Saris, not Saren. Ah, uh, Sarah's gas. <laughs> yeah, we've got to start the episode over. Let's let's go again. All right, let's re-record it. Um, yeah, I do. I do think it's interesting. You mentioned the uh, the part where they're they're undocking and scrape up against the side. It's kind of funny because like the front of the ship is just like scraping over and over again against this against the edge of the the bay and as soon as they get out you realize that there are two huge wings off of the side yeah, there's no way physically that should have been possible <laughs> yeah. max i saw i thought the same thing i was like this should be cleaving into the entire station right now like everyone would be dying <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it's like like probably a couple i don't know about miles or whatever but it's like a big chunk yeah. of of stuff that would have been uh but it also doesn't matter. It's like yeah. for the joke and that's fine. Yeah. I I do want to return to, because I think it's like, it's honestly, I think my favorite part of the movie, which is um, Quellick, who's the the alien who's like been obsessed with, um, with uh, Lazarus. Lazarus. And he gets shot and he's I like, am, I, I am shot. I, I know I've only just met you, but I always thought of you as a father figure to me. And he... To, to put him at ease, delivers the line that he's been reticent to say for the entire movie, which is, you know, by Grabthar's Hammer, by the Sons of Warven, you shall be avenged. And I was like, fuck, Alan Rickman's so fucking good. <laughs> like, he's such a good <laughs> actor. And it's just like, in this movie, in this, like, spoof movie, he delivers such a powerhouse line of this where you're just like, God damn, he's so good. And it's perfect. It, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, uh, was was he playing Spock or was he playing Worf? Uh, I think it's a, it's a, a I think it's kind of both a yeah. little okay. bit. Okay, yeah. yeah, I think more Spock than Worf, but kind of a little bit of both because he okay. does like he does like these karate chops at one point, and and when his makeup is coming off and you see his hair sticking out, yeah. And it, to me, it was like, oh, he's got like a even either, either a Vulcan neck grab or like physical combat skills that seem more Worfish than Spockish, and I think it's just kind of a little bit of an amalgamation yeah, it's really that, based on the, the classic star trek yeah so. I, I do think that the, the prosthetics on his head was supposed to be kind of like a wharf mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. and then yeah i think him being a doctor was more of a spock thing so i think it's okay like a, yeah because his demeanor is more spock and his look is it's more true. Worf, so. yeah it's true but um, his like race is isn't it like a battle race it's like based on i don't know yeah so, i'm not a, well you would think because grabbed our hammer also the other detail i love is Hey, we've made, you know, our, our, our ship makes all the food that you're used to. So the, the captain gets like a steak, like a Iowa corn fed steak. And then he gets like bugs that yeah. talk about great effects. I don't know if that was all practical in the bowl. It's all moving around. And then the thing on his spoon is out of focus enough. It looks real. It looks like a creepy little bug. It jumps back into the water. It's like, mm -hmm. God damn, this looks good. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then they didn't know what to make Sam Rockwell's character. He eats some noodles and then is like puking them up a second later. <laughs> Uh, but I, I love that detail. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Tony Shalhoub being like a perpetually kind of stoned. Like he's just, I think him, like having one character who just is so nonplussed by the whole thing was like a good idea mm -hmm. also. Cause it's just like, he comes on the ship and he's just like, 
well, that was that was kind of fun. Hey, what's going on with you? Like, what's wrong with you guys? Like, he's just the only time he seems <clears throat> like thrown off is when they're like, "Hey, you have to teleport me." Yeah. You, you based on your movements, you did this. But every time before that, the ship is crashing. They're being short. He's in the he's in the engine bay. He's like, "Hey, the beryllium sphere's down, so yeah. we can't really do it." And I'm talking to these guys about it, and it's like. He is so chill with all of this happening to him. I love it. I yeah. love Shalhoub. The way he plays this is great for me. Yeah. I, I, I really love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a great movie. Uh, any final thoughts before we depart? Um, I, I mean, it's come up on the, the pod before, but it's something I will continue to rewatch. It's so great. I think if you're a Star Trek fan, give it a watch. Even if you're not a Star Trek fan and are even vaguely aware of sort of the idea of Star Trek, I think it's a fun one. Great effects that hold up performances by people that are uh uh shitty snitches and uh you know yeah, the worst thing is he uh, did is he snitched <laughs> he's a snitch and but his politics i'm sure are good yeah um and uh we're seeing i think like especially someone like alan rickman who is playing a character who feels like he's above it all really works well yeah. <laughs> because he probably might think that at the same yeah. time too it's great yeah that's it, it the performance it's good stuff <clears throat> Max, any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out; it's it's good. Hey, we've we've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Um, all right, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, never give up, never surrender, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Goodbye. <laughs>